Hey everybody, welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. I'm Christy Brower, here with my co-host, sister, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey Katie, how's it going? Hello, I'm well. How are you? I'm doing, you know, as well as can be expected the day after the election. A little crazy, yeah. but that's all right. <laughs> I'm actually well, doing just fine. Me too. And as, as you know, there's been a controversy brewing in my house. Oh. And, uh, it almost put me over the edge today. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so my husband, who is a really good guy, don't get me wrong. He's a wonderful husband and a good person, but he's killing me right now with something. And <laughs> we're so about funny. to have a drag out fight over this. And it's really <laughs> stupid and it's completely my fault, but it's killing me. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes he pronounces words wrong and it really grates on me. <laughs> And I know this is petty and it's ridiculous. And you can tell me that in the chat. It's fine. I get it because it is. But he says electoral as in electoral college, electoral. <laughs> and I'm going to kill him. Not for real. I mean, I'm not. Be know, careful not guys, considering the story right? we're about to tell today. <laughs> it is on my last nerve. And I've been listening to him talk about the electoral college for the last four years. <laughs> And I just about can't be nice about it anymore. Now, I have gently corrected this behavior a few times, but there's only so many times you can tell a grown adult how they can, how they're supposed to say a word before, you know, it just is what it is. But by God, between yesterday and today, I have heard him say electoral about 3,000 times and I am ready to go crazy. <laughs> this is why we drink. Yep. This right here. <laughs> and the fact that my college kid had to have a COVID test again today for the third time because he got exposed at football. But, you know, whatever. But anyway, yeah. So it's about to go down for real in Rexburg because of the word electoral. So now you know. <laughs> I think that's so funny. Uh, we were in the car know, today on the way to Walmart, and I swear to Christ, he said it five times in about four seconds. Well, he's probably doing it on purpose at this point. Probably. He's probably on to the... I've tried not to make a big thing out of it because it is such a ridiculous thing to make anything out of, but, oh. <laughs> it reminds me of our parents. Um, our mom was a teacher and had very proper grammar. And our dad um, was kind of a backwoodsy kind of guy in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And he didn't have the best grammar. And he would do things on purpose to annoy the hell out of her. And so he would intentionally mm -hmm. say things that he knew she didn't like. Uh, yeah, because mm -hmm. he thought it was funny. And I'm thinking that Scott, who knew him who knew our dad very well probably mm -hmm. is doing the exact same thing and knows damn well how to say electoral yeah yeah i'm sure i'm, I'm pretty sure but i think he <laughs> probably really likes the fact that it really pisses you off <laughs> it's insane i need to get over it i need to get over myself i know it's true <laughs> it's time just get over it <laughs> but other than that i'm actually fine but <laughs> Well, good. Me, me as well. Me as well. You know, just living the dream, doing what I do. Um, you know, um, enjoying this sort of in-between weather that we get for like two more days and then winter actually really lands on us. I don't like that. We're getting snow this weekend. Next week, yeah. the high is like 29. Yeah. Oh. Thanks, November no. in Idaho. The it's kids coming. are already naughty. How will I live through this? I don't know. I don't know. You're going to have to start digging out your backyard so they have some space to go that there's no uh, snow. That's all I'm mm -hmm. saying. It's just a thought. Well, that's true. Well, and they have these little balls that you put treats in. 
that they can nose around and get all the their treats out. And those work really well if you lock them in separate rooms. Oh. <laughs> otherwise, they just fight over the same ball until you're ready to kill them. So right, you know, okay, that makes sense. If you lock makes one sense. upstairs and one downstairs, they can have fun with that ball for thirty minutes if you make the opening small enough. Yeah. So. Wow. I see a, a lot of treats in their future. I like that. <laughs> I'm sure they like that. That's pretty fun. They love it. Yeah. Well, so other than that, you're well. I'm well. I'm doing really well. And I'm excited for tonight's uh, podcast because we mm. have some actual, legit, real update in the Vallow case. Yeah. We're talking Lori Vallow, mm -hmm. who she and her husband, Chad Daybell, are currently sitting in jail in our area. Of course, you've probably heard us talk about this a million times, but just in case you haven't, Lori's children were missing for nine months and then they were found deceased and buried on Chad's property. Several other people have died around these folks. Uh, Joseph Ryan, who we're going to talk about tonight, who was Tylee's, the, uh, Lori's daughter, Tylee's father. Mm -hmm. uh, Lori's previous husband, uh, Charles Vallow, who mm -hmm. was father to JJ, the other child who was found deceased, as well as Tammy Daybell, who is uh, Chad Daybell's former, well, not former wife. He was his wife in, until she died in her bed. So um, also uh, now passed is uh, Lori's brother, Alex Cox. So the the hammer is starting to fall on these folks. It's taken a while, but they've been in jail a while and their trial is coming soon. But there was a big break in their case this week. Now, this break came from Annie Cushing. And Annie Cushing is Tylee Ryan's aunt and Joe Ryan's sister. So mm -hmm. Tylee's dad's sister. Mm -hmm. And we have not seen a source yet on this. We have also not seen if the police have this, if the prosecutor has this. I My understanding is for a while. Yeah. Okay. Well, somehow this was now released. And this is a recording of Lori speaking at a preparing a people um, event of some sort back in October of 2018. Now we've talked a little bit about preparing a people, preparing a people. I like to call them the prepper Mormons. Yeah. I don't know how accurate that is. They're probably, I don't know if they're all Mormon, but they're way into, um, prepping and like getting prepared for the second coming of Christ, then to the world, that kind of stuff. They mm -hmm. do all this preparatory stuff and they teach all the stuff. Well, it's gotten Mormon doctrine mixed all around in it. And that's part of what was going on with Lori and Chad and sort of the cultish behavior that they had going on was their involvement with this group. So there's this recording. It's 45 minutes long. We're going to share a like three and a half minute clip. You don't want to, you don't want to have to listen to the whole thing. We're going to share with you a couple of the most important parts. So if you remember um, Melanie Gibb, who was Lori Vallow's best friend, uh, lived in Arizona in Chandler near her and was the person that when the police came knocking, wondering where JJ was and trying to do a well check on him, um, back in November of last year, uh, she, Melanie Gibb is who Lori and Chad called and asked them to lie to the police to say that she had JJ. 
Sadly, at this mm-hmm. point, JJ was already dead and buried, and we didn't know it. Uh, and at the she time. did lie to the police for yeah. a minute. She did for a, a little while, and then she, she decided did. to come clean. Yeah, but that then, happened. Mm-hmm. That did happen, and uh, she then testified in the preliminary hearing for Chad, which ultimately became the preliminary hearing for Lori, also. Mm-hmm. But she's been involved in the um, preparing the people stuff and, you know, all of this interesting um, religious stuff, mixing, prepping and Mormonism and some other stuff. I'm not sure um, for quite a long time. Melanie Gibb has as well as Lori Vallow. So this is a recording where Melanie Gibb asks Lori to tell her story. And this was in October of 2018. So she talks a lot about her personal um, spiritual journey, talks a lot about how she has witnessed Jesus. She has witnessed the angel Moroni, who is a Mormon um, person, you know, a Mormon figure. I mean, if you ever driven past a Mormon church or a Mormon temple, you've seen, uh, you know, the angel on top of the temple with the uh the horn the trumpet yeah. that's angel moroni that's angel moroni so she's you know talks about having directly witnessed the angel moroni she talks about all of this stuff about all of these things she's been doing all this genealogy work she's been doing and all of these people who've crossed over who've come to speak to her and, and i mean katie and i are professional psychics we're not doubting that those things can happen sure um the very glib way that she describes all of it. Having had some of those experiences myself, I find suspect to be perfectly honest. Also, because from a mental health standpoint, you would always advise someone that if I, uh, you know, you're receiving directives to harm yourself or someone else, get you yourself to a doctor. There's something going on. Yes. Yeah. So really what it comes down to is she tells this story about her marriage to Joe Ryan, accuses him of sexually abusing her children, which he was not ever convicted of, although her son Colby has indicated that that did happen. Um, so she's ta- in, in the first part of the clip we're going to share with you, she's talking about how she is feeling like she needs to murder Joe Ryan. And, she talks about searching the scriptures to see if she can get permission to murder Joe Ryan. Like if he's done bad enough stuff, maybe she can just kill him. And then she goes to her bishop and she says, you need to give me a temple recommend, which is basically permission to go into the Mormon temple or I'm going to murder someone. So she talks about that. And then there's another part of the clip where she talks about how she's so sweet and sensitive and how could the father who I believe she's referring to God there, although that's a different term than what most Mormons use. Um, Mm -hmm. She says that asks, she asks the father why she's had to fight so many terrible battles in her life and been through so many terrible things in in relation again to Joe Ryan. And she says that she has a pre mortal vision of herself as this huge major warrior for God. And, um, that she'd been a warrior for millennia and that she actually isn't a sweet and sensitive person, but someone who's old and had a lot of experience and stuff. Anyway, this all happened on October 19th of 2018. Joe Ryan died under suspicious circumstances on April 3rd, 2018, six months before this was recorded. 
Joe Ryan died. Um, it was an unattended death. They called it a heart attack. He was in his apartment for several days before anyone found him. At the time, they just put it down to he had some kind of heart failure. His um, death is now being reinvestigated. And now we get this, which to listen to it, it's kind of a confession. I mean, it's yeah. it's it a really chilling. weird thing to talk about in a very public place that's being recorded. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying that nobody's ever had feelings like that before in a bad situation, but this isn't just having those feelings. This is literally talking about doing it, trying to justify it, and and also indicating that this person is so bad that that's what they deserve. It's chilling. So we put together like a three and a half minute clip. This is a huge, long recording. The quality is not very good, so I've cleaned it up as best I can, but you might have to turn up your volume a little bit to be able to hear it really well. Um, but you can, it's pretty clear now. It's just a little quiet. So if you need to turn up your volume, go ahead and do that. But here, we're going to play this for you. I had, I had um, been married to someone who was very awful, who raped my children and Um, I had divorced him and gotten away from him, and he had joined the church. He spoke in state conference. Everyone thought he was wonderful. He was a very good showman of all those things, and after we were divorced, um, he told everybody that I was this lying, crazy Mormon and got up in court and said all these horrible things about me and turned it around to where the judges believed him instead of me. And he was constantly trying to get custody of my three-year-old daughter and just to rub it in my face. And um, I went through a lot of years of, of this kind of hard stuff and I was going to murder him. I was going to kill him. Like the scriptures say, like Nephi killed him just to stop the pain and to stop him coming after me and to stop him coming after my children. And I was just, I just thought I couldn't take it anymore. And I would go through the scriptures and find all the things like if he comes against you once, if he comes against you twice, if he comes against you three times, then you can kill him. It says it in the scriptures. And more of it. I'm like, there it is. There's my answer. I don't want to do anything that's wrong. I did not have a murderous heart. I just wanted to stop the bleeding and stop the pain. And so someone wise was speaking to me and said, you need to go to the temple. So I went and met my bishop and I was like, I'm either going to turn my life to the temple or I'm going to commit murder. So do you want to give me a temple recommend? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And we promised we would do it. So I was standing there in this moment by myself one time in that first booth going through doing initiatories. I told the Lord, why would you do this to me? Why? You made me this super sweet person. I'm so sensitive. My whole life, everything hurt my feelings. I was totally sweet and innocent. And I was like, why would you ask me to fight this life and be this warrior? 
Why did you send me here? You know my personality. You know I hate to fight. I will avoid a fight at all costs. And he gave me a pretty mortal memory of me. And I got to see myself as a warrior fighting for the Savior in the pre-mortal world. And I went to other worlds and I fought and I was one of his strongest warriors and I saw it and he showed me so that I could never deny it again. I was not sweet and I was not innocent. I am old. I have fought. I have fought in many, I've fought in this war for millennia and that's who I am. And I came down here to be a warrior and fight. And I only thought that I was sweet and innocent. I am sweet. I am a sweet person. <laughs> <laughs>so that was a couple of clips. Um, let me give you a little timeline here. Lori and Joe divorced in 2005. In 2007, her brother Alex threatened to kill him and did tase him. And Alex actually did some prison time for that. Um, they were in and out of court for quite a while. Um, he never did get custody of Tylee. Um, she maintained custody of Tylee, although she did have some visitation, but not very much. Well, but she mostly refused to honor visitation and moved out of state without his permission. I mean, there was just a lot of, uh, you know, she did whatever she wanted. She, she did. Well, she talks about that, that, that she moved to Tex from Texas to Arizona to get away from him. And he moved to follow her. And it's because she left the state with their daughter without his permission. Yeah. You know, and we don't know. I mean, you know, she obviously makes him out to be a really horrible person. He was never charged or convicted of anything. Maybe he was, we don't know, but this is, this timeline is strange to me because they divorced in 2005. Alex threatens to kill him and tases him in 2007. Then they do some years of court. Well, he doesn't die and she doesn't tell this story until 2018. I mean, by this time, Tylee is 14 mm -hmm. and hasn't seen her dad in at least a year before he passed. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That we know of. She had told Annie when he died that she hadn't seen him for at least a year. Yeah. 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 So, just very interesting. I mean, can you imagine saying something like that in a public forum? I can imagine Lori saying something like I can. that because her arrogance has been pretty astonishing. Yeah. You know, glowing Ember in the chat says, is she really stupid enough to think that would be okay? I don't think it's stupid. I think it's arrogant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, but glowing Ember also said, you know, that is BS. The Bishop would not give a temple recommend if she made that threat. You wouldn't think so. However, that bishop in Arizona, that uh, he enabled her in stealing all of Charles's stuff and his truck and all of that stuff. 
they had some bishops in Arizona that enabled a lot of stuff. But right. I think you bring up a good point because probably a lot of you guys listening don't understand or you might not know what it takes to get a temple recommend. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to do my best. It's been a long time. but Okay. I don't know specifically. Well, kind of know, but you know more than I do. Well, in order to have a temple recommend, you have to have been paying your tithing for a certain amount of time, which I believe is six months. And, and that may not be a hard and fast rule, but there's a certain amount of time you have to pay tithing, which is 10% of your income. Um, you also have to have an interview with the bishop where they ask you very specific questions about your lifestyle and behavior and decide whether or not you are worthy to enter the temple. And if they find Mostly you about worthy, substance abuse and sex, right? Uh, yeah, substance abuse, sex, uh, you know, denouncing evil, you know, mm -hmm. will you, you know, support the church and all things. There's a bunch of things that you have to agree to. And, you know, so if they do find you to be, uh, you know, worthy, they give you a temple recommend that's good for a year. So I, I, I did glowing ember. I found it interesting that she didn't have a temple recommend, to be honest. Uh, obviously they hadn't been going no judgment on my part, except for that, you know, most uh, really active members of the LDS church, that's a real badge of honor to have a, a current temple recommend. That's a, a that's a real oh, thing, yeah. you know, makes so, you, you know, pretty better. Yeah. So a temple recommend you're fine, Carolina, you're fine. Uh, a temple recommend is a piece of paper you have to have in order to go into an LDS temple. So you have to have, basically it's a note from your Bishop saying that you are worthy to attend. Yeah. So it's not you just anybody can go in those buildings. With the state president initially to get your first one too. I think you do. Yeah. Yep. Otherwise, you will make it into the lobby, and that's it. Because without a temple recommend, there's lots of things at the temple that you cannot do and cannot see. Yeah. So it's a place to go to pray. It's also a place to go if you don't know a lot about Mormonism. There's all this work being done on behalf of people who've died. So. Mm -hmm. You can um, go in and be baptized, stand in for someone to be baptized. You can stand in for someone to be confirmed a member of the LDS church. And honestly, they just have these giant lists of people from, you know, as far back as they can possibly go. And they're just mm -hmm. baptizing and confirming all of them to Mormonism. Uh, mm -hmm. It's been a real contention because they were doing it with things like, um, lists of people who died in the Holocaust, you know, Jews. Yeah. Um, but basically their belief is that everyone has to be Mormon to get to heaven. And so they've got to make you Mormon. So they baptize mm -hmm. you, they confirm you, and then they marry you or seal you to someone so that you can go to the highest level of heaven. And Katie and I have st mm -hmm. stood in on those kinds of things. Uh, growing up as kids, you, you all do that. Mm -hmm. That's part of your, yeah. Yeah. So basically Lori was saying, I got to go to the temple and do this work or I'm going to murder somebody. Mm -hmm. And and for a Mormon, that basically just means they're trying to reconnect to their spirituality. But this is all just very strange that this was story was told six months after Charles died, an unattended death in which he just maybe had a heart attack. They don't know. The date of her speech was October 19th, 2018. Yeah. And he died April 3rd, 2018. Mm -hmm. 
So very interesting, very curious about what the prosecution is going to do with this because it's creepy. I mean, it's not an out and out um, admission, but it's certainly, at least for the police in, in Chandler, Arizona, it is certainly um, an admission of that she was thinking about and considering murdering him. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. Very strange. Obviously, it doesn't really apply in the case here in Idaho. No, but um, pretty interesting. Also mm-hmm. makes you wonder what other conversations she's had with her bishop. Right? Right? It yeah. does. And it does make me wonder, are there other recordings like this? You know, we've already had a few recordings surface. Are there others? Because she mm-hmm. was doing a podcast with Melanie Gibb. Where is that podcast? You know, yeah. where are those recordings? People have got recordings of stuff like this. Yeah. Are there other recordings where she makes other admissions? I'm really curious about that. Mm-hmm. You know, Crime and Innocence says that, you know, schizophrenia is genetic and that it's said that her father had schizophrenia. And, you know, I don't want to discount anyone's um, spiritual experiences as being a mental illness. I think we have to be really careful there. However, you know, she took it to a further step in, uh, you know, trying to use the scriptures to justify murder and those kinds of things. And so I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's more strangeness. It's more, you know, looking into how she was thinking and is thinking. Yeah. Friends with Scissors said, so when the whole basis of Lori's story is a lie, the church has to now reject it, right? Well, yeah. And, and partly because honestly, she and Chad perverted the uh, beliefs of the LDS church into, you know, the book of Chad. And yeah, there's not been any not, agreement or involvement in the church no. proper with this at all. No. And a lot of the beliefs that they landed on really Mormon people don't believe anyway, you know? And so yeah. yes and no. Yeah. The church has been silent, silent on this. Other but, than to send a letter saying, you know, you can't represent the church in court without speaking to our attorneys first. That did yeah. happen here in our community. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, they've said nothing. I'm sure yeah. they want to be as far away from this as humanly possible, yeah. don't you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's kind of happened uh, everywhere. Everyone has, you know, as far as the LDS community, uh, as soon as Lori was, or Lori was, Lori, wow. Was you think I know was arrested? Everyone around here was like, "Oh well, she's been excommunicated. She is not a Mormon." I mean, she has or she hasn't, but she was. And a lot of these teachings and the groups she was running with, you know, I mean, it's it is what it is, you know, and it's not. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a judgment, but it is, you know, the truth is that that is what her background is. It is what her upbringing was, and it yeah. was kind of loosely, strangely, the basis for the uh, beliefs that she and Chad had kind of fallen into. Yeah, yeah. But definitely believing, you know, um, taking everything a step or two further, I think. Mm-hmm. But but some real um, beliefs of her being quite special because she's, you know, physically witnessed Jesus and the angel Moroni and she was a warrior for God and she saw that vision and that kind of stuff. You know, and then to talk about this in, in a group of people, like just that that would be normal to talk about that her ego is really um, working overtime. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. That's been something we've seen over and over with Lori is that her sense of herself is awfully inflated and it has been for a long time. Yeah, very much so. Um, Because it, you know, in listening to that, she's really giving herself permission that it was okay for her to kill him. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, that was, was pretty clear. Yeah. It really yeah. was. I'm I'm very curious what the Chandler police are doing with that recording. Um, you know, they are actively pursuing an investigation into being able to charge her with her husband Charles's murder because mm-hmm. her brother-in-law shot him supposedly in self-defense, although her that's brother. yeah. 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 And you know, he's now dead. Alex is now dead and so conveniently we can't or inconveniently, we can't ask him. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the Chandler police really do believe that she orchestrated that. Mm-hmm. And and I know that they looked back into Joe Ryan's death as well. And, and to hear this, I mean, you know, I mean, she just all but confessed to it in that yeah. recording. The you other... know, and then turned it about how wonderfully spiritual she is. But, yes. mm-hmm. you know, I mean, she really did justify that it would have been okay for her to do that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, the the other thing that we're hearing from one of our contacts is that her behavior at the jail has gotten to be more and more unhinged, that she's doing a lot Mm. of singing, dancing, and super, super peppy and upbeat, like almost giddy most of the time and acting just pretty unhinged. That's more and more the case uh, as the summer, you know, rolled into winter here. You mm-hmm. got to consider now. It's November. She first went to jail in Jan or in February, so yeah. it's not too far from being in jail for a year. Yeah. 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 Well, and now she knows that her husband's defense did not want to join their cases, which has got to tell her something about what their defense may be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a trial coming. You know, we hear that there are, you know, potential charges coming out of Chandler, Arizona. Yeah. I mean, is she just going to completely devolve? I've been curious for a while. What does a breakdown look like for her? You know, this stuff was like her normal every day. And so what does a breakdown look like? Right. Well, like Bianca said, she's going to lose her mind if Chad ditches her. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. She's not her knight in shining armor. She's not rolling on Chad. It's not going to happen. But I think no. Chad is in the process of rolling on her. I do too. I do too. And, um, you know, she's got so much other stuff. And I mean, so does he because he's got his wife's death. And he was involved at the time that Charles Ballard was killed as well. Mm-hmm. And so there are real questions, you know, if he's going to end up with tar- more charges. But she definitely is looking down the barrel of more things coming out of other cases than he is. Mm -hmm. You know, we still don't have murder charges on the kids and that is, it's a frustration, but I feel like at this point with, with Alex dead, it is just a point fingers at each other situation. And maybe they've got more evidence. I don't know. I don't know if they're looking to do, to make convictions in this particular case first. Mm-hmm. and then charge again on conspiracy to commit murder, if that's what they're going to do. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, but um, you know, it's very interesting. If this leaked to the press, what else have they got? Yeah. You know, 
I mean, you don't often see something like this leak. Yeah. And, um, you know, obviously it's not really significant evidence in the Idaho case, but it sure is in Arizona. So yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm just very curious to see where this is all going to go and, mm-hmm. and how much more of this kind of stuff might happen. So oh, we get more yeah. and more of this kind of information. Uh, Glowing Ember said, I'd love to hear all of the Chad and Lori's speeches. If anyone has them, it would be great if they could share them. We'll keep beating the bushes a little bit and see if we can find anything. Uh, mm-hmm. This just happened to show up, you know, this was in the news, yeah. but, you know, uh, but again, I, we feel like, you know, since we understand the church to a degree that other people don't, sometimes we can shed some light into what some of the stuff they are saying means, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But at any rate, yeah, pretty interesting. I thought this was really interesting and really interesting peeks well, into the and, mind of Lori. Well, and you know that she kind of giggled and was very flippant through telling it. And that's something that I do feel like is just part of her personality. She is very flippant. Right. Like she just doesn't take things very seriously. Can you imagine no. talking about that and yeah. laughing and smiling and getting the group to laugh? With she you? was performing. Yeah. She was. She was, she was showing stage. off. Yeah. Maureen, Arizona comes in because she lived in Arizona and her third husband and fourth husbands both died in Arizona. And uh, her brother. Charles was shot in the chest by her brother. And Joseph was, he's the one that we were talking about tonight, but he died by suspicious circumstances in April of 2018. Unattended death, some kind of heart failure, but they never did fully determine it. And then his, and then her brother, Alex also died. Also died in Arizona. Arizona. Yeah. All right. In that Chandler Gilbert area. Yeah. Yeah. So there are cases being investigated in Arizona that could eventually result in charges against Lori and potentially also Chad. Uh, So this case here is only one. Yeah. And we're still awaiting, you know, potentially charges on Tammy Daybell's death as well. Chad, Mm -hmm. Chad's wife who um, the state attorney general's office has been uh, investigating and they are holding her autopsy. autopsy. Yep. Yeah. So there, this is a very tangled web. (laughs) Yeah. This case is going to keep on going for a long time, but yeah, I I am also hoping that more footage like this emerges because wow, there's a lot of, there's a lot to unpack there. And if she's so flippant to speak about something like this, Um, you know, I just, it's just wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, Glowing Amber says, if you listen to Scott Reich, I asked him if the recording can be used in a court of law. He said he doesn't believe that it can. Hard to say because it was recorded at Melanie Gibbs house. She is the person in the beginning of the recording. If she can substantiate it, it or might actually be called as a witness. She obviously heard right. the story. She was present. For it, she actually speaks on the tape. If you've heard her speak in court, you would recognize her voice mm-hmm. uh, in there. And so, I'm curious about that because mm-hmm. she generated the recording as, or she witnessed it. Yeah. And who else yeah. was there? You know, mm-hmm. who else was there? Maybe Chad. Maybe Jason Mao. Maybe the other Melanie, Melanie Pulowski. Right. I mean, it's. Yeah. And probably lots of other people whose names we don't know. Zulima Pestinas, probably. We don't mm-hmm. know, but we're going to assume that some of those players were there along with many others. Right. 
Yeah. So there were certainly people who heard her say that. And if nothing else, it shows that she had some intent. You know, obviously it's not mm -hmm. fully a confession, but it does show intent. Yeah. Yeah. We could Did be she always want to these be. Cases. Yeah, we definitely could. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we could. Yeah. 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 JR says, did she always want to be a serial killer or is it something that's just come about? <laughs> I think that people that get in her way just seem to die is, is how it seems to go. So mm -hmm. I think it's more about um, that, uh, you know, it's, it's convenience for her that if someone gets in her way. Mm -hmm. Well, so if I don't they know, have life insurance policy, then more power to her. More the better, uh, right? She and Chad have both, we think, killed over to get money as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, the feds should be involved. Uh, or, oh, yeah. Yes, they are involved. Yep. They the are. FBI spent, gosh, four months in Rexburg or more, six months so, in Rexburg yeah. in a trailer. They're gone now, but uh, yeah, the, the FBI is involved. A lot of the uh, cell phone evidence that has been processed was processed by the FBI. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I'm sure they're still working on all of these cases. Oh, yeah. There's so much to go through. Maureen said she's gotten away with so much. That's why she's so flippant. Yeah, no kidding, huh? Well, yeah, she has clear up to now. I mean, she's she's been very arrogant that she would just walk out of here one day like this. None of this really matters. Yep. Yep. Pretty wild. And Maureen says narcissistic. I, You know, I'm not sure it is narcissistic. I think it's more... Um, histrionic and borderline personality disorder than it is narcissistic. I, I would say that Chad is more likely a narcissist. Mm -hmm. Lori's more on the borderline side of things, which is why she's managed to get so many men sucked in. She's an extremely good manipulator. I think it's why that Bishop helped her so much in, mm -hmm. in Arizona. And oh, yeah. a lot of men have really been sucked in by her ability to manipulate, particularly to manipulate men. Although yeah. some women have definitely fallen into that. And Melanie Gibb is one of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was made at a seminar. It was made mm -hmm. at a seminar, but we think that seminar might've actually been at Melanie Gibbs home. And she was definitely there at the beginning of the recording. So she certainly could witness that this, event did it occur and that the things mm -hmm. that the recording says is is in fact what Lori said yeah so i don't um, know will it be used or not i don't know tells us a lot though yeah for sure yeah well we'll be back tomorrow night for the psychic hour That's and this week it is the first uh it'll be the first thursday of the month so we'll be doing marching orders so we'll be giving out a some directives by sign for the month to give you some ideas of things you can do to help yourself. Mm -hmm. It's always one of our favorites. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I like to start out the month kind of thinking about what I need to work on or be aware of throughout the month. Yeah. Certainly something we love to share. Yeah, definitely. Well, that is our update for Wednesday night. We sometimes give a solved case too, but we had so much to talk about with, uh, the Lori Vallow case that so we felt like maybe we would skip that this week and just talk about this. Yeah. So we are going to let you guys go. Uh, but we are true crime paranormal with the psychic sisters and you have been live with us and be sure to tune in tomorrow night for the psychic hour. Have a good night guys. Take care guys.
If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.